In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thursday, February 11th, 2021, Blake Diebel was driving to work. It was early in the morning, about 5.30. You may remember that February 2021, we had a cold snap that, that swept across the country, and it hit particularly hard in Texas, where it caused a crisis with the power grid later in that week. Well, that morning, Blake was driving on a highway right outside Dallas. He was a good driver, so he was leaving plenty of space between him and the car in front of him. He was going the speed limit, but he was unaware that freezing sleet overnight had fallen and frozen on the highway, turning it almost into a sheet of glass. So when Blake suddenly saw the wall of brake lights ahead of him, and when he stepped on his brake, his car didn't slow down, but it pivoted 90 degrees to the left and started sliding forward until it finally came to a crunching halt, hitting the car in front of him. He was promptly hit by another car from behind. Blake was fine, and he, he walked away from his car without any major injuries. But if you panned out, what you would see was over 100 cars that were in this pileup that stretched over a mile along this highway. They had to get cranes to come in on the other side of the highway and lift these cars out later in the day. No one, Blake included, thought anything was dangerous as they were going down the road. After all, there were other cars going the same speed as them. They were surrounded by this sort of momentum of cars. Zacchaeus's life was largely driven by going with the momentum of everyone around him, responding to the crowd, giving in to the cultural pressures, following the, the current cultural and societal trends. The Bible doesn't tell us much about Zacchaeus, but the little that it does tell us paints a vivid picture. In particular, there are three facts that we know about Zacchaeus. First of all, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, how many of us would like to be friends with an IRS agent? It was even worse 2,000 years ago. You see, the Romans were controlling this territory where Zacchaeus lived, but they didn't send their own tax collectors in. Instead, they found someone in the local community to tax his neighbors. In other words, Zacchaeus would have been seen by those around him as a co-conspirator with the Roman authority. He would have been seen as a traitor to his community and his people. Second of all, we know that Zacchaeus was rich. Tax collectors weren't paid for their services by the Roman Empire. Instead, they were expected to collect more than they needed to send to Rome, and they would keep the difference. In other words, how rich a tax collector was is directly correlated 
with how, how willing that tax collector was to take from the poor, to exploit those in need, to charge widows more than they deserved. Third of all, we know that Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector, not just a rich tax collector, but a chief tax collector. He was probably one of the most successful tax collectors in the area. He was willing to, to bend ethical bounds to take whatever he could from others. Zacchaeus loved money. Zacchaeus was rich, Rolex-wearing, private-jet-flying rich. He had somehow, at some point in his life, gotten caught up in this cultural undertow, this cultural current, or this cacophony of voices that told him he needed more money, he needed more wealth, he needed more stuff, more, 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 no matter the cost, no matter who he had to take it from. And don't we still hear similar voices in our culture today? Get more, you need more, take more. And it's so beautiful on this day at the cathedral as we celebrate the culmination of our stewardship campaign, as we celebrate our willingness to push back against these voices in our culture, our willingness to give generously, to invest in supporting the cathedral and supporting those in need and proclaiming God's love. This is a deeply countercultural move. But nonetheless, we live in a society that has these same voices, these same pressures, this same cultural momentum. So in our culture today, what are we told to value? What are the values of this world that run counter to the call of Christ. Our culture tells us that we should ask questions like, is your job title prestigious enough? Do you drive the right, the right make and model of car? Are you being invited to that exclusive Christmas party in your neighborhood? The world tells us that this is how we know we've really made it. This is how we should measure our success. And it seems like 2,000 years ago, that is what Zacchaeus believed. That is what Zacchaeus believed until at some point in his life, something began to change. We don't know when this moment was when Zacchaeus began to wake up to God's call but I can imagine it. I imagine Zacchaeus may have been walking in the street and he overheard a conversation. Have you heard about that rabbi who's forgiving prostitutes? Have you heard about that man who is blessing Samaritans and healing lepers? Have you heard about that Jesus who is eating with sinners He's eating with tax collectors, even. And I imagine Zacchaeus thought, that, that's me. That's me. So when Zacchaeus heard that Jesus would be traveling 
through Jericho, he did something important. I want you to notice this. He ran ahead and he climbed a tree. He ran ahead and he climbed a tree. Zacchaeus was not going to go with the flow. Zacchaeus was not going to just be a part of the crowd. He was willing to do something different. Zacchaeus was willing to stand out. And I'll tell you, a grown man climbing a tree causes you to stand out. But that's how the Bible tells us we should live. Jesus prayed that we would not belong to this world just as he did not belong to this world. Paul wrote, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. We are called to be different than the culture around us. Earlier this week, Deacon Linda and I gathered right here with the three and four-year-olds from the cathedral school, just as we do every week and we lit a candle at the beginning of our little chapel service, just as we do every week, and we sang This Little Light of Mine, just as we do each week. Who knows that song? Raise your hand. Good, because I don't want to sing it to you all. You wouldn't want me to sing it to you all. We sang this song, and at the end of it, a boy raised his hand, and he said, Deacon Linda, Father Mark, we didn't light our candles before singing the song. You see, generally we take our fingers and we light our candles and then we all sing. So Deacon Linda guided us and we lit our candles then and we sang a final verse. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This question, this request by this little boy, didn't we forget to light our candles? It was a powerful reminder to me that we shouldn't just go through the motions, but we need to really light our candles. We need to truly be the light of Christ in the world. And around the world and through the centuries, whenever you see a church that is thriving, it is doing this. It is willing to be different, willing to go against the cultural trends, willing to be a light shining in the darkness. Paul visited the city of Thessalonica about 2,000 years ago, and there he told the people about God's love and God's grace and Jesus, and he formed a church, and people began to be changed. They served the outcast. They proclaimed God's love to all people. They disregarded the social hierarchy. They stepped, in other words, outside the cultural momentum. And for doing so, they were greatly persecuted. And in the wake of that persecution, Paul wrote this letter we heard this morning. He wrote, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. In other words, this church was growing and it was showing love and grace and generosity and forgiveness in a way that was so foreign to the culture around it. 
Strangers were calling each other brother and sister. People were caring for one another as they cared for themselves. They were praying for their enemies, and lives were being changed. Lives were being changed. The same thing had happened to Zacchaeus. He found himself sitting in this tree when Jesus called to him. I imagine if he was in the crowd, he wouldn't have overheard Jesus' voice over the din, the cacophony of all those shouting around him. But because he'd done something different, because he had the courage to be different, he heard the call of Jesus, who said, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. He had dinner with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus pledged to give away half of all that he had. Zacchaeus pledged that he would give four times as much as he cheated from anyone. Zacchaeus was changed. And that's our call, to be like the church in Thessalonica and have the courage to be different from the culture around us to be like Zacchaeus and to be willing to stand out, even being willing to stand out in our extravagant generosity. And like that four-year-old reminded us, to be willing to have the courage to light the light that we carry with us, shining forth the light of Christ to all the world. Have the courage to be different.